And good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laurent Landis. Uh, our, um, we don't know what to call her. Is uh, Leslie McMurray? Guest hostess emeritus. <laughs> I like that. Well, you're not emeritus. Well, I just come in whenever. It, on holidays especially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we got an RVL alert from uh, Patty. Usually we just get an RALL alert. Which yeah, is running, running a little, a little late. late. Yeah, running very a, late. Run, this is a running very late, and wow. she doesn't usually RVL us. I can tell you this: she can't blame traffic. <clears throat> no, there was none. No. Had some very disturbing news when I got to the studio this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a guest of ours. I, I'm figuring she's been, she was on about five times throughout the years. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Bernice Johnson yeah. passed away. Yeah. She was 88. 88 had been sick for about a week or two uh, and was scheduled to come on sometime in January. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was supposed to call her to arrange a time. Last conversation I had with her was just on Facebook. She said, miss you. And I said, well, come on the show and went back and forth a couple of times. And I said, uh, after the new year, let's arrange a time for you to come on. Huh. Yeah, this is a big one. Yeah. Talk about the definition of a trailblazer. Uh-huh. First, many first. Yeah. First black woman to to get uh, win a seat in Dallas anywhere. First uh, black Dallasite to uh, go on to the U.S. representatives. Uh, so, I mean, big shoes to fill. Just in her nursing career, yeah. she was the first female psychiatric nurse at the VA, mm -hmm. um, they hired her because she said they saw her name was Eddie. They figured it was a guy. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <clears throat> yeah. And then the first person to head that, uh, the first black person mm -hmm. to head that department. Um, gosh, I'm going to miss her. Yeah, yeah. We all will. I remember about 10 years ago, we were at a press conference and she, we, we were following her out to her car and she's just walking at a normal pace and her and her press, secre uh, her press secretary and I are like 10 steps behind her and we're just racing and you know really trying to keep up with her and we're falling farther and farther and farther behind. I said, where does she get the energy? She, you know, she um, she was in Washington last week, came down to Dallas, back in Washington, and then back down in Dallas. He said, oh, you missed the side trip to China. <laughs> yeah. In between, she was nonstop energy. I non can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whenever she would come on the show, I, re I, I really didn't say much. I didn't ask a lot of questions because she was just she had an abundance amount of experience and stories to tell mm -hmm. and it was just a joy just to sit back and listen just listen and learn um that's what i'll miss about her yeah she i mean we wouldn't could we couldn't <coughs> cover even if we tried we couldn't cover her entire career life story just even within this hour no but those shows are archived they are they are they are archived um if you go to lambda weekly um I think some of them are, are even on YouTube. 
Yes, the original ones yeah, were yeah. because Doc had recorded yeah, them. Yeah. 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 But oh. if you go to um, our podcast, uh, and it's the, the first one is an EBJ show. Oh, okay. Maybe you could cut up the greatest hits and use them at the time when she would have come in and kind of as a little tribute show. Yeah, we can do that. It'll take some time to put together. We can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite picture of her with me was the day she announced that she wasn't going to run. Um, I was sitting right up front underneath the TV cameras. You know, the TV cameras are set up, and I'm just sitting on the floor in front, mm -hmm. uh, uh, in front of them. And when she finished her speech, I walked up to the stage to shake her hand. And, you know, she gave me a kiss. And... Um, her son and a couple of other people who didn't know who I was were behind her. And there's this look like, who the hell is this that she's, uh, that she's given a kiss to? Um, and the morning news used that, that picture mm -hmm. at least 10 times <laughs> nice. with different stories. So I'm going to miss her. Patty just came in. Do you have a couple of words you want to say about our friend? Yeah, I was, I was, it was a sad moment just a little while ago to learn the news. Mm -hmm. And what a, what a pioneer. Yeah. Yeah. Like at every stop. Right. I can remember um, going with the human rights campaign to a lobby day in D.C. And of course we had to go to EBJ's office even though I didn't live in her district. You lived in her district. Mm -hmm. And um, it was interesting. Um, she said, Patty, you've got to let us know when you have events. Because <laughs> my district office will go. I want them to attend. <clears throat> they need to be eyes and ears on the ground for all the things going on in the community. And I said, okay. So she gave me, she hand wrote a, an email address for me to send emails to. And they said, yeah, and they came. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I'd send a list of upcoming events in the community, and here she'd send somebody. Mm -hmm. yeah, the woman that sticks to her word. Yeah. She was the first person when she was, um, she was my state senator back in 1985. She was elected state senator. Uh, she was the first legislator in Texas to write legislation uh, to help with the AIDS crisis. I remember 1985, the AIDS crisis. We still didn't know what caused the virus. But she came to a group of us uh, at Resource Center and said, what can I do to help? And this was at a time where other legislators were writing legislation. Yeah, they are backing away. Not just backing away, uh, to put uh, the gay male population in concentration camps. In other words, to try and criminalize HIV. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that was another whole thing. Yeah, it was. But this was uh, to keep gay people away from the general population because they would. It's lighter day leper colonies. Right. Right. But, but this is where it's important when you have people who run for office who have experience in that subject. She was a nurse. She was a nurse. She, she was a nurse. She understood. She understood the medical world. Yeah, it's a public health issue more it, than anything. Exactly. Else, yeah. 
So, th yeah, this is why you should have teachers or former educators who may be in it, should be in the education department and so on and so on, not somebody who has no idea what they're talking about. Right. As long as you don't have books for the kids to read, because... Right, <laughs> right. Um, she and I developed this really strange and funny relationship. She called me up one Saturday morning. Honey, can you come over to, um, I forgot what the place is called. Um, I want you to meet somebody. And they were on a panel. And the person she wanted me to meet was Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> so Nancy, cool. Pel Nancy Pelosi is walking around the room and I'm dressed I threw on a sport jacket, but other than that, I had my red sneakers on. So Nancy Pelosi comes up to me and she said, oh, you won. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one thing she told me about um, Eddie Bernice is that when it came to science issues, she was well respected. You know, she was the chair of the- yeah, She was on the science committee. Mm -hmm. Chair yes. of the science committee, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, um, and there, at the time, she was able to, to push back on a lot of stupid, stupid stuff coming from the right on climate change and many other very serious issues and, and was well-respected among Republicans on the, other, on the other side on her committee because they, they saw her work hard, they saw her keep order, they, they saw her... Um, hopefully model the way they should behave, but she took these issues very seriously and mm -hmm. acted can't get the general population to do that. Gee, wouldn't you know? that be something? <laughs> I just wonder what has to happen. I was seeing, I don't want to veer off in another direction, but it, it, it's on that same subject is those big giant waves that are coming ashore in Ventura. They've been shown on all the news and mm -hmm. the Weather Channel and stuff. And people are just like, we've never seen anything like that. This is incredible. Oh, my God, the waves are getting bigger. And it's climate change, folks. That's kind of what climate change looks like. In Florida, they're saying our house insurance went up 600%. And a lot of the companies are leaving Florida, and they won't even insure at any price. And what are we going to do? And this is so unfair. It's climate change, folks. That's what it looks like. Well, We could have stopped it or at least slowed it down 50 years ago, but nobody would listen. What's climate change running headlong in, or the vice versa, Ron DeSantis running headlong into climate change. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they can't insure their homes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah, so. but what, what are we going to do? You're going to have to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, started today with a, huh. Yeah. Um, I know, Leslie, you have a whole long list of uh, stories from the year, because we were going to do a year in review. But some important news this week, uh, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine vetoed an omnibus anti-transgender bill. Yes. It wasn't that he vetoed it that impressed me so much. It was on the gender-affirming care. But it included in there was a sports ban. Yeah, all yeah, that sort that, of nonsense. Yeah, that, there that was, was all kinds of stuff. That's yeah. why I'm saying an omnibus one. Yeah. <laughs> we have individual laws. They, were, they just did it all in one. Yeah. But he vetoed the whole thing. But what impressed me was he said he listened to what doctors told him. Imagine that. Yeah. I love when he said, I can't sign this. 
Yeah. Like there was. Who knows like, better know, how to take care of you know the the kids than their parents? Exactly. Exactly. In all other cases, this is the you know the GOP cherry picking. And they're like, oh, parents' rights, parents' rights. And when they talk about those parents' rights, they're only they're only talking about the uh, the MAGA kids, but the MAGA parents want to control all the other kids too. Sure. Yeah, I don't want my kid to read this book, so your kid doesn't get to read this book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, you, part of how they've been successful when it comes to the trans health care for minors is they framed it as abuse. Well, they also and make it sound like a 14-year-old can just walk into a clinic and say, yeah, I'd like to get on cross-sex hormones, and the doctor goes, here you go, here's oh, your yeah. prescription. I, I, I heard some right-wing <laughs> host earlier this year literally saying almost verbatim what yeah. you said uh -huh. he goes my son can come to me tomorrow and say daddy i think i'm gonna be a girl and then tomorrow we're going to get him a sex change i'm like oh my god it doesn't go like that not even close not even close there are so many hoops to jump through oh my god <laughs> it doesn't go like that and it's a basic lie to say that minors are getting you know sex um, changes they're not yeah reassignment surgeries right, right and left that's it, it just doesn't exist yeah but it doesn't have to exist for them to fearmonger on it. No, no, oh, no, no. No, the truth uh, is uh, something that's very <laughs> malleable to them. So kudos to this governor who didn't fall for the false narrative that this is abuse to children. And he isn't the first governor to actually do this. Another governor did this earlier this year, and unfortunately, the uh, that state's Congress overrode it. <laughs> So hopefully this doesn't happen in Ohio also. Well, a federal judge They're just expecting th to. threw down um, that was Idaho's, Idaho. yeah. Um, Idaho's law, so it's not going into effect. He put a, um, an injunction on it. Himself. Okay. So the sad thing is, at least I tend to think it's going to be sad, is that it's all on a collision course for a 6-3 Supreme Court. Yeah. Which is very worrisome, but I think they send a very very dangerous precedent if they say that the legislatures of each state are responsible for the health care of that state's children because that's essentially the message that would be sent is <laughs> that if if something is happening with a doctor and a child could be vaccinations could say that this state is going to you know uh, outlaw vaccinations for kids i mean there's no end to it so Digressing a little bit, but kind of on the same road, the Supreme Court. We didn't talk about this case. This, this was good news. Um, a conversion therapy case went to the Supreme Court, and they um, they passed on hearing it. So they meant the lower court ruling stood. And what it is was uh, they were trying to change um, a, a state conversion therapy ban. 22 states banned conversion therapy. And for those who are listening don't know what conversion therapy is, it's some quote-unquote therapy to basically change a kid's sexual orientation. Yeah, pray the gay away. Pray the gay away, exactly. Doesn't work, incredibly damaging. Um, I mean, it just doesn't work. And documented to damage. It do it's documented that it's damaging. Well, I think if you just talk to virtually anyone, you know, Laurent, you identify as a guy. Right. Comfortable with that? Yep. Pretty much since yep. birth. What type of counseling would it take to convince you you're a girl? Exactly. <laughs> and how long would it take? And how much waterboarding would there be involved? Right. Exactly. And I don't think even then it would work. Even, the, and, even and then, why it wouldn't bother? Work. Yeah. Right. Why bother? Who? What, what, what's the point? Who has a stake in that? Right. You know. 
So, so um, the powerful trans lobby. So the Supreme Court decided not recruiting. to decided not to hear the case. But there was one justice who did want to hear the case yeah. and dissented. Guess who? Thomas. Thomas. And his reasoning was that it's a violation of free speech from the therapist's point of view. You can't tell them what to say. That's what he said. Okay. So when the trans case gets to your desk or gets in front of you, are you going to make the same ruling that, okay, you can't tell doctors what to say, to how to uh, treat these children, these trans children? I guarantee you it's going to be a different. He's well, going he's gonna to flip it. You could it. say the same thing about abortion. You can, exactly. You've got a 12-year-old who's it, pregnant by daddy. Exactly. You're, you're not going to let a doctor say? Exactly. Well, now he's saying that, that they, you, you, gotta li- you can't tell a doctor what to do. This isn't a big leap because a lot of conversion therapy attempts have resulted in the suicide of the patients. So it can be life and death. It is very, very cruel to try and do to someone. So I guess what Justice Thomas would be saying is if you had a therapist that preached suicide as a way of dealing with your problems, that that speech should also be protected? Hmm. Yeah, Mm. that's... Not saying, just saying, you know. I just think it's it's, it's the epitome of hypocrisy. It is. Absolutely is. And it's just a dangerous, slippery slope. You know, there are things the government ought not be involved in. Doctor-patient relationships is one of them. There's no Mm -hmm. history and tradition of the government interfering with doctor-patient relationships. They seem to be quite enamored of that Mm -hmm. history and tradition thing. Until it comes to our issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've I've heard um, people on the right try to equate um, the LGBTQ community's desire to rid the world of conversion therapy to their desire to rid the world of transgenderism. Ah, there's that word again. You know, as if it's like some sort of ideology. Yeah. And instead of like just a medical and psychological reality, you know, it's a real world thing. We are who we are. Exactly. So, um, but I think they are very different things. I think the record on conversion therapy is huge. And they want to trot out the one or two or three you know, people who are trans who are not happy being trans. Yeah, the detransitioners, and they right. make all sorts and of hay about that, and the number really is around or below 1%. Yeah, of, of 1%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of 2%. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're incredibly different. One, you're trying to force somebody to change. The other one is we're not trying to force anybody to be trans. No. We're just trying to support them. Right. That's, that, that's completely different. Yeah, and, the, and but I've seen this. It's hard this enough. I just happen. can't imagine because they make accusations that parents are trying to push their kids in that direction. It, it, it's like you have to have a screw loose to do that. Because I'm, I'll say straight up that if my kids or grandkids came out as trans, I would love them, I would hold them, and tell them that you know I'll support them no matter what. But in my private moments, I would cry because I know how hard their life's going to be. I would never push them in that direction. We need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Lauren Landis, uh, Leslie McMurray, and the very late Patty Fink. Hi, this is Patty Fink, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And I'm Dave Taffet here with Lauren, Patty, and Leslie, and we're just doing kind of a year in review. Um, okay, so do you want to start with January 1st? The attack begins. 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, January 4th is when this was dated. Uh, there was a bill filed in Kentucky that would declare an emergency over trans kids in bathrooms. Again with the bathrooms. Okay, an emergency over trans kids in bathrooms. Doing what to them? Uh, I, I would imagine mean, having... Let's see, what, an emergency ban that they can't go to the restroom? Yeah. Um, it's an emergency to ban them. It would declare transgender students in bathrooms an emergency and ban them. Kentucky's been the site of several battles over trans people in recent years. Just last year, several anti-trans bills failed. Uh, one would have medically detransitioned all trans teens in the state. Again, it's just this sort of nonsense. I mean, there's this isn't the only one, but it mm -hmm. just I I don't understand the malice that's associated with that. What what have we done to deserve this? Uh, I was talking to a group earlier this week about the whole bathroom thing and someone didn't understand and they said so it was a male he said so in dallas i could just go into a woman's bathroom i said you can but why would you so <laughs> didn't really have a good answer <laughs> uh, and i said so are you saying that you're going in there and leering at people and peeking over stalls and stuff that's illegal it's illegal whether it's done by a trans person whether it's done by a girl whether it's done by a male that type of behavior is not tolerated in bathrooms. So as long as you focus on the behavior, then you don't have to worry about gender policing. Because the problem is people that don't measure up to a certain standard of femininity have been physically hauled out of bathrooms and thrown out into the street, even though they are very female. And so- And identify as female. Yeah, and identify as female. And so if you're trying to police gender, you're going down a road that is not a happy place to be and it's not a fair and reasonable place to be. Uh, but if you focus on behavior, this type of behavior is not tolerated. And again, the answer would, or question is, why would you want to go into the woman's bathroom anyway? So if it's for some untoward purpose, you're breaking the law. But if you're just in there using the bathroom, that's all we do. Is it that people who are writing these laws don't know what a transgender person does when they go to the bathroom? Well... It I'll play the game as it's being proposed, and that is their <laughs> argument is any number of what we call the parade of horribles of, oh, they could be doing this, or they could be doing that, or they might do this. Um, my sister, or my, my daughter had a friend, be her best friend was saying, I'll never view Leslie as anyone other than your dad. And she said, honestly, I feel uh, like my kids are left safe if they are in the bathroom of a trans person. And so my response was, if you want to know statistically with whom your child is in the most danger, that is their parents. Because every year, if you want to look at the FBI crime statistics, 3.6 million cases of child abuse by the parents are filed. 3.6 million. How many for trans people bothering kids in a bathroom? That number hovers around zero. Not around zero, but pretty much zero. zero. Yeah, yeah we'd hear happen. about it. We'd hear about it if it happened. But kids get the crap kicked out of them at home. So if your heart really says, oh, I want to keep my kids safe, then maybe, you know, don't let them around people that your family trusts, because that who, that's who harms your kids. But let's, 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 let's keep it narrow to the, to the bathrooms, public bathrooms. Where, are, where is the evidence that trans kid I'm see trans people are doing or harming kids in public bathrooms there isn't but there isn't buying. but they're, they're buying, buying it and they're making it up 
But there have been. There's a. I don't know if you all remember this. Uh, maybe five, ten years ago, it was nationwide news. This man dragged a little girl at a casino. I don't even know what the little girl was doing at the casino. They're not allowed in casinos. Yeah, but yeah, but she was in there. Um, and the dad was like, he was gambling and not paying attention to her. But anyway, some man dragged this little girl into a male restroom. He was a cisgender, heterosexual man, raped and killed her. So he wasn't trans. No. Well, here's one who's not trans. Uh, James McDonald, uh, a pastor uh, charged with assault after allegedly attacking woman. A uh, woman says Mike Bickle, pastor, uh, used prophecy to sexually abuse her. Disgraced megachurch pastor posts apology after Maxwell leadership event. Um, and I could just keep going on. We well, keep going on and on and well, on. He apologized, so it's okay. Yeah. So it didn't happen. So they, 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 they're making they're in a rushing to pass these um, bans, these bills, based off of things that just go on in our head, but there's, it, it's never happened. No. It's, it's, it's crazy. Well, and I, you know, I tend to, to ask people, like you were saying, well, why would you go in there? Right. Um, you know, um, are, are you on the lookout every time you go in the restroom for somebody looking at you? Or, <laughs> you know, and, but, but my favorite thing to say is, you know, you've already gone to You've already gone to a public bathroom with trans people. You, yeah, you have. I remember you've done it. You've done it countless times. I was in a debate with Scott Sanford, who used to be a representative out in Plano. Uh, he's one of the executive pastors of a giant church in Plano as well. And he was saying that this proposed bathroom bill wasn't necessarily targeting trans people. We just wanted to keep people safe in the bathroom. Uh, just and women and children. So you're not targeting that. Yeah, just, you know, the women and children. But Well, the women and female children, because they weren't targeting the trans guys at all in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. And he said, if we allow this to happen, then, you know, what's going to happen is men will dress up as women so that they can go into the women's bathroom. And I said, no, they won't. They haven't, and they won't. I said, besides, if you really want to go into the women's bathroom and get away with it, all you have to do is dress up as a janitor. Because when's the last time you saw somebody pushing a trash can on wheels into a bathroom and you said, hey, stop that guy? No right. one. It's never right. happened. Right. So Good all point. you have to do is dress up as a janitor. It doesn't take very much effort at all. Right. But, um, yeah. You know, one of the big issues this year has been sports bans. And there was a big hubbub about um, a trans girl participating in an Irish dance contest here in Dallas. Yeah, the step dancing. About a month ago. She was 13. So, right. So I followed, I'm following that story, and I came across this version of it. After going through all the garbage that this kid had to put up with, um, somebody testifying in Congress said... Not only do women have to worry about losing out on opportunities and being exploited in, in locker rooms, allowing men into women's sports also puts girls at greater risk of injury. In September of last year, North Carolina volleyball player Peyton McNabb suffered serious injury after a trans-identified male player, a trans woman, yeah. um, spiked a ball at her head, rendering her unconscious. Peyton experienced extensive trauma to her head and neck and long-term concussion symptoms. Still to this day, 
a three, uh, a, a year and three-ish months later, she's still partially paralyzed on her right side. Her vision is impaired, and she isn't playing college sports like she had dreamed of. Isn't volleyball a co-ed sport? No. No. Volleyball in, in oh, any you, venues is very co-ed. It's very co-ed. And I hate the word co-ed. Yeah. Um, what, I hate the word co-ed. Yeah. What, what, I think it depends wait, on wait, wait, wait. Okay, what word should I be using? I, I'm just reading off of here. You could say mixed gender. You could say <coughs> all genders. I think co-ed... The, the word segregated by sex. Co-ed came about where it's given that um, that it's a male doing the activity. Co-ed means women were at, let in later, ah. and that's um, that's just. I never thought. I never knew that. Okay, so, so this female you know, player was hit with a volleyball. Okay, now I'm trying to repeat. How old was she? Uh, it's co uh, college, I believe. Okay, so in collegiate sports, no, it is not. Mixed gender is very much segregated. So I guess what they're trying I, I, to do I, I, is I, I, prevent this type of injury right. from happening. Uh, so I'm saying that these schools probably should not allow competitive cheerleading or gymnastics because a lot of these kids are hurt without the competitor coming into contact with them in any right. way. Right. <clears throat> but those kind of accidents and injuries are yeah. going to happen. It's just part of the sport. Any sport, it's, there, there's a risk to it that you're going to get hurt. Absolutely. Except bowling, and I still had to submit a blood test and go get analytics done in order to bowl in competitive bowling tournaments. Get out of really? here! Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I had to wow. submit blood work. Anybody else have to submit blood work to go bowling? And I used to bowl competitively when we were in elementary. I don't remember doing any of that. You want a piece of me. <laughs> <laughs> which which wow. begs the eternal question. <laughs> This is way off topic. What's the difference between a sport and a game? Takes, you could say. Mm. I don't I have think an answer. chess is a game. I don't think chess is a sport. Why? Because there's really, well, there's certainly no danger of injury. Uh, I don't think your heart rate would even go up. It's it's because not really, it's, a, it's not a sport. It, it's not a physical. It, there's yeah. nothing physical involved. In, yeah, it's completely it, a mental. It's a mental game. game. Well, what about like golf, where you could, you know, drink the whole time? You certainly can. You could drink while you're playing softball. You could drink while you're playing football. You can drink while you're playing any sport. But golf, I would just say from experience and knowledge. Take a golf bag full of clubs, golf balls, and then walk 18 holes and tell me it's not a sport. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's, it's very physical. You will be so sore when you get up yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or you could drive from hole to hole. Yeah, you can. You're, like you'll be Trump tired does. anyway. But, yeah, the way the game is supposed to be played is walked. So, I don't know. Somebody defined it once for mm -hmm. me that if you go to hold a beer while doing it, it's not a sport. It's an activity. Yeah. <laughs> But it does beg the question, because, like, what is that line? What yeah. makes it cross over, you know? I don't know. If you did chess on horseback, maybe yeah. it's maybe that's a sport. Huh? Well, sport or game, however you want to classify it, any physical activity, there's a risk of injury huh? with or without opponents. That's, yeah. just, that's just the nature yeah, of it. I, that's fused permanently like that little 45 oh, wow. degree angle my finger. Yeah. Uh, it looked like an S when I broke it. 
but if they were able to straighten it, that it's permanently fused. I mean, you can feel this. From chess? No, it's from basketball. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to volleyball, though, this description of this very serious volleyball injury. Mm-hmm. Volleyball is played mixed sex all the time. And because there was a transgender person on the team... Then it's a problem. Then it's a problem. Yeah. But we're used to that. But yeah, it's we're not, okay though. As long as we're <laughs> terrible, as long as we lose, we're, they usually don't gripe about it. Um, some of the numbers that I throw out, you know, we're not really ruining everything. Um, I think there's around 520,000 is the number in the NCAA uh, athletes that compete. Of those 520,000, about 260,000 are female. Of all of those athletes, 33 are out transgender athletes. 33. That's less than 1%. Trans women. Trans athletes. Just trans athletes. Some might be non-binary. Some might be trans guys. Co-educational. Yeah, co-educational. You know, like Mac Beggs would be an example. But if you can name another athlete besides Leah Thomas or Mac Beggs, I'd be absolutely shocked and dumbfounded. They just aren't tearing up the rule books and ruining things for other people. Um, We're just trying to compete with our peers. This article that I read from, the parents said their kids were in tears because this trans uh, girl won. And because the trans girl won, their daughter is not going to go to the international finals. And it's so unfair did the tears come before or after their conversation with the Alliance Defending Freedom? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. But just to clarify, volleyball is not usually mixed. It is not, unless you're talking about elementary. From junior high on up, it is very much segregated. But, yeah, but it's mixed in the it's mixed in the Olympics. It is. Every watch game I got watch, it is not. They definitely have a female team and a male team. Well, I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying they also have. Oh, they, they okay, maybe Just they like have another tennis, one. Just like with tennis, you have mixed doubles, you have, you know. Huh. Uh, okay. Like, that's been around for decades. Yeah. Most of them are not. <clears throat> um, Leslie, we have about three minutes before we need to take a break. Do you have another? I'll just pass them like quick. Yeah, that was uh, January 4th. I mean, there's... I probably have close to 200 of these. It, it's just basically what we're seeing is a progression of unkindness towards a group of people who hasn't done anything wrong. And, you know, I talk to groups all the time, and I said, you know, if trans people are doing something that is ruining society or if we're breaking the law, then we ought to be punished for it. But if we're treated like anyone else and we're behaving like anyone else, we really should just be left alone. Um, here we, this is the uh, well since you're not breaking you the law they're making laws that yeah they're you have to break that. in order just to live gosh when did our country do that huh because there is some history for that uh, are you familiar with the movement advancement project they publish these like heat maps of different things that are going on in different states mm-hmm. and there are th- this particular map is laid out uh, for anti-trans legislation risk uh, Florida is singled out as a state among its own, and it's just labeled do not travel. And I will not. I mean, even if the place where I worked wanted to send me to Florida for something, I just would respectfully not go. I, I will not set foot in the state of Florida. 
there are other states that are listed as the worst laws that have been passed up to now, along with Florida is Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Tennessee, North Dakota, Montana. Those are also places where I wouldn't want to go. Uh, high risk within the next two years. Uh, good old Texas, Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, Ohio, and West Virginia. Moderate risk within the next two years are states like Georgia, North Carolina, Indiana, Kentucky, Iowa, Utah, Wyoming, Idaho, and South Dakota. Uh, the safest states with the strongest protections, shocker, are California, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, Colorado, uh, Minnesota, Illinois, New Mexico, New York, uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. So if we really are divided. If you look at the states that yeah. are likely to have this harmful legislation or the ones that already do, uh, it's uh, like 24. And you look at the ones that are relatively safe, it's like 26. I mean, they're, the country's split just about any way you can look at it. What do you make? Do we need to go to break? Uh, one more minute. Okay, what do you make of, not that you have answers to everything, but <laughs> I, I've seen those lists also. And it's just really interesting that Texas, a lot of people, you know, which state would you not want to move to? Texas mm -hmm. is always on that list. Yeah. But yet we have the past decade, including last year, we are the most, uh, we have more people moving here than other, any other state. Mm -hmm. yeah. People are moving to Texas in droves. Yeah, I think largely it's uh, because of the way Texas Texas caters to businesses as far as taxes mm -hmm. uh, and also people tend to be more than ever before single issue voters uh, and so if the one single thing that they're into is being taken care of by Texas or isn't being outlawed it's like they're good uh, and I wish that I, I reread part of Jimmy Carter's speech that he gave on his last day in office and he was talking about that very thing he said too often our country is getting divided into single-issue voters, and we need to stop that. We need to vote for what's best for America, even if it isn't necessarily best for you personally right, right. now. It's what the country needs right now. Right. Uh, and I would love to see us get back to that. And that's, it's not fascism. That's not socialism. That's not any kind. It's Americanism. That's just the kind of country that we aspire to be. Yeah. We need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM, and we'll be back with more right after this. This is Rafael McDonald from Resource Center Dallas. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And that was a quick break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet, and I'm here today with Laron Landis, Late Patty Fink and Leslie McMurray. I just wanted for our for, year end wrap up for clarity. Um, I'm looking here. Mm -hmm. um, you're correct, Laron. There are only there are only a men's volleyball team at the Olympics and only a women's volleyball team. The mixed. But league play. Yeah, there's league. It's play. very common to have mixed leagues. Yeah, mixed league play. Uh huh. So when are you taking down your Hanukkah lights? Um. I'm not. I say leave them up. I like yeah. them. Somebody here during the week takes them down <laughs> <laughs> and puts them up. Um, resolutions. Do you do New Year's resolutions? Nope. 
I don't do resolutions per se, but I keep a journal, a uh, daily journal every day. I write in it. Uh, and so I kind of lay down goals for the next year. And see, then I yeah. ignore them by the end of January. <laughs> well, see, I make a re one resolution that if I've made any resolutions this year, I will break them. Yeah. And I always keep my resolutions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I kind of keep a mental note, like, literally, Danny and I were just talking about this the other night. Like, okay, in a new year, we want to try and do this, X, Y, Z. That might be a project with the house. Um, something like that. But we... we Eat, eat a little better, you yeah. know, uh, but as far as it's just a hard and fast resolution, well, I don't do them. Yeah, we do. Katie's really goal-oriented, so she writes down some pretty hard and fast goals, and then she rereads her journal from the year uh, and then gives herself grades on how well she did. No. Yeah. Well. How did, sounds like you need pie plates. To how did she do this year? Yeah, no kidding. I think she did great this year, but she is a harder grader on herself than anyone else could ever be, so, yeah. Well, I'll give her a six. Okay. I'll let her know. Okay. Six out of... I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. What about you, Patty? You and, um, uh, you and Aaron do resolutions? Um, eh, they're very loose. Yeah. <laughs> resolutions. <laughs> We do have goals we define for the for the year. Yeah. Um, in very loose terms, um, uh, because oftentimes we found better success not not saying I want to do this by X date or or whatever, but we move toward that and do better yeah. year over year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are your some of some of your things that you're wanting to do? We. Um, we're trying to save money to go on a vacation, which we don't always get to do um, by the summer. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I hope you know, don't go to uh, Disneyland. Or no. Been there and done that. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, well, I'm sorry. God, we've been you to seen the prices? We, we went to Disney World. Holy I've never been moly. to Disneyland. Well, it's just a mint. It just uh, it costs did, you a fortune. Yeah. Did you see the Did you see the uh, the article? In literally, just like a week ago, mm. some woman. I, I don't know if she's at Disneyland or Disney World. They're both insanely expensive. Anyway, went to a restaurant and got her uh, child. I think a bowl of cereal, and it was like seventy bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, oh it's, my it, God. it's insane. It is insane. But my Disney stock is doing well. Well, <laughs> my stock investing, I did brilliant investing this year. Ford and GM, they were on strike. Disney, they were on strike. And they were under the, uh, the watchful eye of the uh, governor of Florida. Right. Yeah. Right. Eyes. Appointed eyes. Yes. Watchful eyes. And one other entertainment stock, I forgot what it was. Good choices, though. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Netflix? Didn't, didn't do Netflix? Didn't stuff? do Netflix, oh. no. Yeah. No. Um, Dallas Morning News uh, announced their person of the year, and they named the whistleblowers who turned in Ken Paxton. Oh, oh wow. Great choice. Yeah. I thought that was a good choice. Yeah, a good choice. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they... 
they gave uh, the whistleblowers credit for doing for losing their jobs, doing the right thing over worrying about themselves. I guess you could put Liz Cheney in that uh, category as well. I, I would, actually. Yeah. I have respect for her. I'm not saying I'm voting for her, but I have respect for her. Yeah. I was alarmed when people were teasing part of an interview with, with her where... Um, they alluded to her run as a third-party candidate for president. I was just like, what? But when you actually hear her speak, she said, I'm not doing anything that will, would even remotely cause Trump to win. You know, if that were, if that, what, I, what, what I thought was a solution, I would do it. But I don't think that's a solution. And I think it would help him because it would draw votes, moderate votes from Democrats. So I... I, I I do think she's in the right place, and if you've not seen the um, the interview or the podcast, I guess that's shown on, on MSNBC between Chris Hayes and Dr. Rachel Maddow, I think it's on again tonight. Mm -hmm. um, well worth it. She's done this book uh, called Prequel, which is really an outline, and it's a thick, um, thick narrative, thick story about the fascists in the United States before, during, and after World War II who wanted us to be fascists. And it guess it's happened before. And so she so, talks about it. So fascist, pretty much universally bad? Yeah. Huh? Right? Pretty much. So I guess if well, you... Well, apparently not. If you oppose that, you would be anti-fascist or anti-fa, as they call it. Mm. Right. So when you denigrate people that are anti-fascist, I would suppose that puts you in a position of being pro-fa? Yes. <laughs> so is that what we're voting for? I'm not. I'd like to know how the people who attacked the Capitol, who stormed the Capitol on January 6, 2021, were um, actually... Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the FBI, yeah. and hostages in jail. Yeah, I've yeah. got a uh, bridge in Brooklyn, if you'll buy that nonsense. <laughs> it just looks like, get your story straight, people. Yeah. This, it was you. It was Trump people dressed up as Trump people. Uh -huh. right. yeah. And mentioning that, a second state now has removed Trump or banned Maine. him from the uh, ballot. Yeah. Rock and on, Maine. Rock on, Maine. Uh, we don't know if it'll uh, stand. Um, it's the primary the, ballot. Yeah, so. some other case, some other states is um, bubbling under with this issue. Um, at first, I was kind of on the fence about it, about mm, should he or should he not. Um, but now I've listened to some thorough interviews, um, some experts, constitutional experts, and I, I, I think he fits the description. He should be removed. Yeah, well... Doesn't he claim that he won the election in 2020? Uh -huh. So yes. if he won two elections, he's not eligible to run again. Exactly. <laughs> that, that part. That part. Right? Right. Yeah, that's another whole amendment. The 22nd Amendment yeah. says twice is it. But, Leslie, you have some <laughs> great other, um, like, okay, if, if this isn't constitutional, then some other examples of, of what yeah. we should do with the Constitution. I'll pull that up. Well, you know, the thing is is about the, the ballot thing, though, is if we're a nation of laws, this is so 
obvious. It's 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 as obvious as being 35. One is kind of that. comedic. It says, uh, "Let's do a deal. Donald Trump gets to ignore the 14th Amendment and run for president again in 2024, but Barack Obama gets to ignore the 22nd and also run for president again in 2024." Republicans cool with that? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. There's another one. Yeah, I have a feeling Barack Obama has no interest in running nah. for president. No, probably not. Not at this um, point. Robert Reich posted, Billie Eilish can't run for president. She's under 25. Arnold Schwarzenegger can't run for president. He was born in Austria. Donald Trump can't run for president. He's engaged in and supported an insurrection. It's in the Constitution, folks. It's, and it all is. This isn't made up stuff. No. And I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm just baffled by all of the other GOP candidates who are defending it, defending him to be on the ballot. Yes. Even the level-headed ones like Chris Christie. I don't agree with him on stuff, but he seems a pretty normal level-headed guy. This one crossed my uh, desk this morning. Believing a single person is the only person capable of saving you and those around you is the very definition of a cult. Yep. If you firmly believe Trump and literally no one else is capable of saving this country, then you're in a cult. You were insane. Stop being insane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's so. How do you go? How do you all think uh, predict this is going to play out? Because it will. The Supreme, I think the, the Supreme, Supreme Court, Court is going to put him on the ballot. I, I think so. They will. Yeah, they'll make some mistakes. You know, I think I would love to see him taken off all the ballots and just disappear into ignominy. But I think by taking him off those ballots is going to create a martyr, and it's just that it's going to be four more years of claiming the election was stolen from him yet again. But there's uh, this argument out there that if they take him off the ballot, his people will will react with violence. They might. And if you leave him on the ballot and he gets beaten again, it, they're going to react with, it, with exactly. violence. Exactly. No matter what. We cannot change our behavior right, right. and the rule of law. The 14th Amendment, Section 3, says he can't be on the ballot. Right. Period. Period. Yeah. No matter what. Like Patty Whether said, they're going to blow up or not, they're going to blow, blow up. up no, they're going to blow up. No matter what, no matter what, if he went, if he loses outright, fair and square, just like the last time, mm -hmm. they'll still say devil's it, advocate. Though he has not been convicted of participating in an insurrection, and yeah, you know, yes. you, you, but no, but you don't need to be. You don't. You don't. In it fact, the 14th it, Amendment was it, designed it, it specifically, specifically says you don't need to be convicted for because it was all of this, all of the South. They couldn't have trials for all of right. those people yeah. that participated. That they understood there would be no conviction yeah. in a court of law. And that, law. One, that was my holdup. Yeah. It's like he hadn't been convicted, but then I. But he has. But a, major, <coughs> a majority in the United States Senate said he he he, he incited insurrection. Right. But but fifty seven fifty seven percent fifty seven right. of a hundred yeah but even um, had he not it's not a requirement not enough. sure yeah but it's not enough for can, can removal from office yeah. in the United States Senate but he says his three hundred six electoral votes out of was a landslide was a landslide and guess what three hundred six divided by five hundred thirty eight is fifty seven percent so fifty seven percent. Is a landslide to him. Yeah. To me, that's a landslide well, conviction. You know, here's an interesting <laughs> mathematical exercise for you on the Electoral College. If you take the population of California, which is 38 million and change around there, and divide it by the number of electoral votes that they get, you'll get a number of how much per Electoral College vote 
is represented by the state of California. And if you do the same thing for Wyoming or Utah or Vermont. North Dakota, Vermont, all these little three-vote states, uh, and you divide them, you'll find that Wyoming has seven times the electoral clout of California. So vote California matters one-seventh the amount of Wyoming, and it should be equal across the board right. because it should represent the will of the, all of the people. It shouldn't be outweighed by a group of farmers. Well, and that's, I've, I've been of the opinion the Electoral College needs to go anyway. It does. Oh, yeah, it yeah, needs yeah. to be popular vote. Yeah. Period. Period. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, the, the candidates won't go to those small states because they're not, you know. They're not as important. You know what? They but, will. But it's the small states that got Biden elected. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to deter them from going to, to, to small states. You know what? I don't think they're going to go spin nine months in Iowa or New Hampshire or New Hampshire because that's what we've got now mm -hmm. so you know I, I think it's a lot better deal if they spend two months or one month in each of these significant small states or regions they could campaign in New Hampshire Vermont Massachusetts Maine in one season you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people they could come together. It's not that far. You know, Texans, we drive, we drive a long way. Driving from, you know, and to be honest, to Massachusetts. They're not spending far. that much time in Montana no. now, no, the way the not. system is now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's early so, yet. Do you think Trump will debate Biden, yes or no? No, I think he got away with not debating his Republican opponents. Why should he debate somebody who he's not going to win the debate? He, he got away with it. He hates debates. I wonder would Biden he even loves bother being on to TV, though. Trump with him. Yeah. I wonder would Biden even bother to debate with Trump? Yeah. It, it, it yes. really it, it's kind of pointless, I think. It is, but um, having Biden. debates has become a tradition and I think Biden would stick to tradition. I think Biden needs to prove to naysayers that he's mentally sharp because he's running on his age. And the, the thing that is so frustrating is Trump is like just a handful of years younger. Not even then. Three. Yeah. So. No, go, go ahead, Leslie. Oh, so he is. I think there are some serious questions as to his mental acuity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trump? Mm -hmm. Trump, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, for some reason, I think Biden has to go out and prove it. Uh, and it's sad. I don't think that that should be the single criteria for electing a president is how old they are. Uh, but the reality is he is getting on in years, and he's going to be, what, 86 when he leaves office? If he... No, Trump will be 83. Goes all the way right. through. Right. So, yeah, I think we need to look really, really hard at who the vice president's going to be. Leslie, um, thank you for joining us for the holiday. Of course. And Patty and Laron. Happy New Year, happy everyone. Happy New, New Year. And for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, Happy New Year. We'll see you next week. <laughs>